Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shereko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shereko. On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain Power Calls, welcome. I am thrilled to introduce you to Marilyn Barry today. She's a friend, and she's also the author of Viva, V-I-V-A. Marilyn has lived in Findhorn, Scotland since the early 1970s, and I've been out of touch with her for close to 20 years. For those who don't know, Findhorn was a spiritual community founded by Eileen and Peter Caddy in 1962. Joined by Dorothy McLean, David Spangler, and a host of others, the UN designated the village as a model for holistic and sustainable living in 1998. So I'm delighted to make you aware of Marilyn and her book, Viva. Please put your hands together to welcome Marilyn Barry. Hello, Marilyn. Hello, Susan. Thank you. So I've lived at Fintorn for 40 years. But because of the, um, it's very cold there, especially in the winter, I now spend the winter in Spain. So I do most of my writing in Spain. Is How many months do you stay in Spain? I stay here the whole winter. So usually from October to May. And then I go back to Scotland in May and stay there until October. You're by country. <laughs> I yes, yes. I live in I live in two countries. It's true. Uh, I'm very very lucky to be able to do that. Yes, avoid absolutely. The, I avoid the the cold winters and the hot summers in Spain. Right, right. That's perfect. Yes, Alan, we met in the 1980s. We were yes. both studying psychosynthesis. Vivian King, um, when did you first become aware of psychosynthesis? Oh, I would think about 1975. I started doing transpersonal psychology weekends with Ian Gordon Brown. And he, that was when I first heard about psychosynthesis and the name Asagioli. And so I knew pretty well straight away that I wanted to study it. And in an extraordinary way, I was led to studying with Vivian King. I mean, it really was extraordinary how we met. Um, I can't remember if I've told you. I don't know that, I think you may have. I mean, the first thing I was aware of was that you were traveling a great deal and you were actually in New Zealand when you learned about her. Yes, I was looking for a psychosynthesis training and I was literally going around the world and I, I did, I had a round the world ticket and it was now September and we were in Wellington, New Zealand. We had dinner with a couple and they said to me, what are you planning to do? And I said, I'm looking for a psychosynthesis training. And they said, have you tried High Point in Pasadena? Well, I hadn't even heard of High Point in Pasadena. So I said, no, they gave me the address I wrote. And I got a letter back from Vivian King inviting me to study with her. The High Point um, 
psychosynthesis center had closed down and Vivian was teaching in her home, as you know, Susan, because that's where we met. In 1980. Where we met, yeah. Yes, 85, 86. It was 85. 86. Yes. I think I was married by the time we all met. Yes, you were already married. Yes. <laughs> and that's that we got married in 86. So that, that had to be 86. 86. So I think we met in. Alan, you also. Because you were in the next year, the you following just, year. Yes. Yes, yes, I was. Um, you describe yourself as an empath. For the benefit of anyone on my audience, not know what an empath is. For I'm me, sorry, I, I missed the word that described me. Empath. empath. Oh, empath. Yes, yes, I am. And I was one of the things I was looking at with with Vivian during my training was that that uh, psychic part of myself, the empathic part of myself. And that's how I wrote uh, The Awakening Princess when I was in that process. Uh, it's now called The Earth Awakens. Um, I changed the name because that was because it was translated into German and they called it The Earth Awakened. And I thought that was a better title than The Awakening Princess. So that was the beginning of of writing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, when did you realize that you were a psychic or an empath? Probably from when I was very young, but then you assume that it's nothing unusual. You assume that other people are the same. You don't realize, and then it becomes quite... Um, quite shocking when you discover the, that they're not and and if you speak about it they they think you're weird so i can't remember when i stopped talking about it because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know the reaction <laughs> yes. yes yes it's easier not to have to explain it right <laughs> yes now when you arrived in pasadena you were studying with vivian how long did you stay with her I studied with her for two years, but what was really amazing, and this triggered the writing of the book, I had dreamt about her house six years previously, um, and it was such a lucid, vivid, amazing dream that I went into therapy with a Jungian to understand this amazing dream about this house. Um, and... I didn't realize until I moved into Vivian's house that that's what I had been dreaming about. I had been dreaming about this house. And in the dream, I was emptying a bucket of dirty water into a deep enamel sink. Then I walked down a narrow corridor into a room with a bed in it. And the bedclothes were cast aside as if somebody had just woken up. And... There was the most beautiful golden sunlight pouring onto the bed and there were rose bushes outside the window. And I stood in this room, in this dream that was so lucid and I had such an incredible feeling. And then I turned and there was a man standing in the doorway wearing black. And he said, you don't remember me, do you? And I mean, then I woke up 
And I thought, yeah, what does that mean? You know? <laughs> and of course, I ended up in the house. I ended up being Vivian's cleaner. Uh, so I did empty a bucket of dirty water in a deep enamel sink in the kitchen, which you may remember. And there was a narrow corridor going off the kitchen into my bedroom, which you will also remember, Susan, because it was where the toilet was <laughs> that we all yes. used. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. So, yes. It was did, you ever, did you ever identify who the man was in your Yes, name? yes, yes, I did. Um, and, and, of course... I figured it all out, what it all meant during the writing of the book, uh, which was called The Awakening Princess, is now, is now called The Earth Awakens. Yes, the whole yes. thing was revealed. So you, now, you, you stayed, how, after you finished studying with Vivian, how much longer did you stay with her? Because she I began to travel the world. I didn't stay with her because what happened was I was going to come back for a third year and I didn't because I met Ian, uh, we fell in love and I stayed in Scotland with Ian um, and I didn't go back until 1989 because Vivian was moving, she had to get out of the house in Pasadena and she was moving to Santa Fe and she needed me to come and collect my things, which I'd left in that little room off the narrow corridor. Uh, so I was back and I was with her when the Berlin Wall came down. And of course, that changed her life because then she started teaching psychosynthesis in um, Eastern Europe, in Russia, which is now Ukraine. Uh, she was teaching in Kiev. I have photographs of Kiev, which she took. Uh, she was teaching in Poland, uh, Latvia. So, she, yes, she was then traveling in the 1990s. And um, on her travels, I think when she was teaching in Switzerland, she visited me in Spain and, ha and, and came on a train. She had no idea how far Switzerland was from Spain. <laughs> It's a long way. <laughs> yes, she was very exhausted when she arrived. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm Switzerland to, you know, to it's, it's interesting. Yes. Yeah. I remember her talking about teach, teaching um, business principles with a psychosynthesis perspective to people who had never had the ability to do free business. I think that was through John Cullen. John Cullen was working mm -hmm. on a business model, I think, with, with Doug Russell. Um, and I, I, I mm -hmm. don't remember Vivian teaching the business side of it because that was really John Cullen's baby. Um, mm -hmm. um, she may have, but I, I don't remember it. She talked about it, whether, whether she really taught a class or not, I don't know, but she did talk about it. She was quite taken with the concept yes. of being able to bring those principles to a, commun to a formerly communist country. Yes, So yes. And um, so fast forward, it was amazing. and they loved fast forward into the 19th. They loved it. Yes, yes, they loved it. Absolutely mm -hmm. lapped it up. Now we move to the late 90s. 
Yes. Unfortunately, she had that terrible car crash and wasn't able to continue any of that work. No, no, it was a tragedy. She was in this terrible car crash in 1998. And uh, she was driving from Santa Fe to Kansas because her father had had a heart attack. And in Texas, uh, a truck turned onto the freeway without looking and she crashed into it. And a trauma nurse was in the car behind her and, and resuscitated her. Uh, so Vivian ended up in intensive care in Amarillo where she knew nobody. And I flew out to Amarillo to be with her in intensive care. How did you even know about it, Marilyn? Somebody told me, somebody emailed me and said, Vivian has been in a terrible car crash. And um, I, you know, immediately said, where is she? I'm on my way. And I, I remember calling the travel agent. You remember the good old days when we had travel agents? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh that was I was actually a nice touch. <laughs> you know, and I said, can you get me to Amarillo in, in, in Texas as quickly as possible in a day? And they did. Okay. And yeah. they did. And you you spent a great deal of time with Vivian over the next few years. I it feels like because she was she was paralyzed for two years. She couldn't um, uh, and then Yeah, she couldn't move and she could hardly speak. And um, luckily I had worked with severely disabled children. So I had experience of teaching children who couldn't speak. So I was able to communicate with her and help her to communicate. Now, the doctors didn't realize this. And I said, yes, she can make decisions for herself. You can communicate with her. And, and they did. And so out of all of this, she decided to return to Southern California. And so she, after... Gosh, I mean, she was in intensive care. Then she was in rehab in Dallas. So it wasn't like I was there the whole time because I'm not an American citizen. I was it, it, with her in intensive care for about six months. Uh, I went with her to, um, to rehab in Dallas. They flew us in a little tiny airplane from Amarillo to Dallas. And then I stayed in Dallas so altogether, it was about six months. And then she moved back to California. And then I came back in 1999 to visit her, where she was now living with a, a special organization called New Start. They were helping. I remember. You must have visited her. Susan. I, did, I visited her when she got to Long Beach. I was yeah. there at the at the at the hospital there. It was fascinating because she had such limited motion. Uh, but yes. but that little they made a headband for her with a pin flashlight. Yes, and she could point and spell. I would have the most amazing conversations with her about metaphysics. <laughs> yes, where she was spelling out words, and and I would have to leap ahead. To, to complete the sentences 
and and it was fascinating. I, they were such marvelous memories for me of those conversations. You she must did, have and she was able at some point she was able she she was able to drive her own uh, wheelchair as well. She had an automatic, yeah. you know, joystick. Yeah. I guess you'd call it. Yeah, she had a little yes. little stick that she could move herself around in. But you must have visited her in rehab when she was she went to rehab in Long Beach before she moved into yes. the cottage, you know, overlooking right, right. the sea. I did, I did. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, I oh, and she went to several other places as well. Yes, before she was. The, before that, she got the cottage. She was in the valley. Um, yes. In a little cottage. I don't remember the names. I remember the kinds of places they were. And it was actually not far from where I lived. So it was easy for me to go and visit her there. Yes. Uh, it, but when she went to back to Long Beach by the sea, that was really a turning point for her. She was making some very heavy decisions about her life at that point. Well, she decided when she moved to Long Beach that she didn't want to live like that. And, uh, and she wrote to all her friends, me included, and said that she was going to stop eating and drinking. And I said, uh, I, I, I'll be there with you, you know, wait until I arrive. So mm -hmm. I, I was there. I went and, and stayed in Long Beach. And um, it was very painful. Uh, you know, I, I tried to talk her out of it, even though who, who would want to live like that? She couldn't move. She could hardly. I mean, she couldn't scratch her nose. She couldn't reach for a glass of water. I don't think anybody could bear that. Uh, and so such she went. Hmm? Pardon? She, that's such a limited lifestyle, and she's such an expansive person. She was yeah, such. Must have been very Yes, and she was a free spirit. She needed to run free. And it was terrible. It was really, really heartbreaking. And um, so I was with her right up until the night she died. And before she died, I said, um, will you stay in touch with me? And she nodded. And to my surprise, she did. Indeed, she did. She did yes. stay in touch with me. Marilyn, that's where... That's where this very interesting part of the book Viva that you have written has it really takes off because you started to do what is called triangular meditation. Is that the correct word? We, yes. What happened was Vivian and I had, had started in a triangle meditation before the car crash. I think it was in 1997 and we linked in with a man called Willem who lived in Belgium. So the three of us meditated together at the same time, once a week, and sent each other our reports of what we experienced in our meditations. Um, Vivian was in the car crash. When I was with her in intensive care and rehab, we continued the meditations, linking in wow. with Will. So it's interesting that this this process that we entered when she was well and living a normal life was such an incredible process because it enabled us to all stay in touch with her. So 
This continued on a Monday. She died on a Monday, by the way. Um, mm. And after she died, we continued meditating on the Monday. Uh, another woman joined us, Frances, who is also an empath. Uh, so we were all very experienced meditators. We've been meditating for years. Um, and maybe that enabled us to make this amazing connection with Vivian um, after she died. So what we soon realized from our reports was that we were having the same experiences with her and that she was saying the same things and doing, I mean, we, she didn't come to us, we went to her. And I think that's what makes it different from other books where they stay in touch with somebody who's died. The person who's died comes to them. We went to Vivian. So we were able to describe where she was, what she was doing, what it was like. Yeah. And, it was absolutely and you do it brilliantly. I mean, I, the descriptive passages that you have in that book are so vivid. Yes. I mean, you talk about lucid dreaming and detail. They, they were filled with that. It, it's yes. amazing. Yes. How long did you how long did you continue this? We continued this for 11 years. Wow. Um, and we did it every week, the three of us. So there was Frances, Willem and I and Vivian always appeared. Um, but she was moving in consciousness. And she was moving to higher, higher planes um i mean it was really amazing um and then she moved to a plane that was completely blissful and we would all be completely blissed out and, and we all experienced it and we were in three different countries that's what's really amazing we weren't together in the same room so you can't say it was telepathy because we weren't together and we were all having the same experience. So the bliss was incredible. Um, and it was during this blissful period that she she said she was going to reincarnate. And so she did. And I was able to find her because of her descriptions, which was amazing. Well, Marilyn, that's interesting. Were you able to stay connected to her once she reincarnated? Or yes. Did that come? Yeah, really? Yes. But Susan, and it's in, it's at the very end of the of the book. We had to raise our consciousness to the level where her soul is. Right now, it doesn't matter whether you 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 reincarnated. The soul is on its own plane. And the whole point of our lives is to make contact with our soul and, and embody it in our lives. I mean, imagine how very different the world would be if we could all embody our soul. Uh, so we could only stay in contact with Viva if we elevated our awareness. Then, it, then we could. It didn't matter that she was she had a different name and she was you know a child she's now i think um 11 
she's just had her 11th birthday. It doesn't matter. The soul is, is there. Always. Is there, that, that brings me to my next question because you, there's a great deal of writing about heaven on earth or heaven coming to earth. Yes. And a passage that I'm, I'm going to be speaking at a uh, spiritual living in November. And the past, the descriptions you have about heaven on earth, and that, that is, I, I, I wrote one of them, I, wrote, I, I copied it, observe your thoughts, raise them to the triad and help bring heaven to earth. Be an oasis of soul light where you are now. There is no ideal place to be, create it now. And I think that's such a powerful message to bring through the book to all of us who are in the spiritual community. You know, we have the ability to uh, really make a difference uh, in the world by bringing that message through. So, uh, absolutely. Is that, is that the key? Yes. And I think Viva was always emphasizing this bring heaven to earth. Um, that's That's the whole point. You know, we are here. This is where heaven needs to be. We need to bring it here. Live it. Embody does it, it. Does it. Right. Does it, does it ever ring um, as the book of Revelations where we see New Jerusalem coming to earth? Is it that kind of experience or is it very different? I think... Embodying heaven and earth is like you you become a beacon of light and that other people feel it and are aware of it. And I, I'm not saying I'm doing that. It's, it's a work in progress. <laughs> you know, I mean, everything comes in the way, doesn't it? When you're trying yeah. uh, to, you know, radiate love and light. Um other things come up which prevent you, um, but it's it's ongoing and it makes a difference. It makes a difference. For example, and it, I've written it in the book, if you are filled with that light, and I have experienced it on rare occasions, and you get on a bus, you can light up the entire bus, and I've seen it happen. You can make people's day, ordinary people, the bus driver on the bus, you know, the person on the freeway who's blocking your way. You can actually affect people. You can bring that light to them. And it's, a, it's an amazing experience. And I invite you to try it. Even if you're just going to the supermarket, try it on the cashier. It, it's a very just amazing experience. It's like yes. you're giving out love and you and you will be amazed what happens if people will open up to you. People will, you know, show their own brilliance, their own light. It invites other people to shine. So obviously your life has gone on. It's it, this is now in the background of your life all these years with Vivian. Um, she was also instrumental or part of your getting your publishing company going. Well, what happened, 
yes, because she, she and I were living together in that wonderful house, you may remember it, um, and we were both writing a book. And she was writing Being Here When I Need Me, and I was writing The Awakening Princess, which is now called The Earth Awakens. And we would share what we had written that day. You know, we often read to each other. And um, she was sending her book. She'd written two books. She also wrote Soul Play, sending them to publishers. And then I was sending mine to publishers as well. And a publisher would say, oh, yes, love it. Oh, yes, we'll probably publish it. And then they would not publish it. So this went on actually for several years. And I said, Vivian, your, I don't know about my book, but your books are brilliant. And if you don't find a publisher, I'm going to publish them. And that's how it all started in 1997. I, I, I in, you know, I created in a way and I started publishing. So now I have published. Uh -huh. Yeah. How many books have you published at this point? About eight, eight books. And where are, where are they available? You can get them on Amazon. If you go to my website, which is inawayonline.com, there's a link to amazon.com and amazon.uk. So you can either get them from the American branch of Amazon or the UK branch. And of course you can get them in bookshops. And I do, you know, like to encourage people to buy books in bookshops so that we have bookshops. <laughs> so I like bookshops, yes. like travel agents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't they, want they, they bookshops. They were warm places. I think you find so many more wonderful books by meandering through the aisles yes. than by, you know, by going online. It's I find it difficult to find books if you don't know what you're already looking for. Very little surprises you when you go online. I don't enjoy going online. Um, I don't buy often online. Uh, I it would rather go to a shop and particularly a bookshop. I, I just enjoy it more. I enjoy rummaging and looking and I, I like books. I don't have, um, you know, I don't have books that you look at on, you know, an iPad or what, what are they called? Kindle. Digital. I don't digital like, books, no, right. yes, I'm not interested in, in digital books. I like to have a book in my hand made of paper that I can open and put, you know, mark have a marker and put bookmarks. I love books. How do you feel about Audible? How about Audible books? Um, I'm not that keen on listening to books, but Viva is now an audio book. I've got oh, it on audio. Wow. Viva, yes, mm -hmm. it's an audio book. I need to put it on my website, write myself a note. Yes, yes, I I mean because that's, that reaches a whole you know, it reaches a whole new group of people who don't read. <laughs> they have no interest in reading. They want to be, you know, they want to be doing two things at once. They want to be running or walking and listening. 
yes. rather than sitting and reading. Yes, I, I, I had a plumber recently who was listening to Harry Potter <laughs> as he was really? doing his plumbing. <laughs> oh, I said, that sounds like Harry Potter. He said it is. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yes. Yeah, but it just shows you, you know, you don't have to be limited. You can read your books. You know, you, you can get the same content through a multitude of formats. So you're never without a way to do it. I know that they've um, they've done the same thing with the Bible. You know, they for for people who live in remote areas in the world, who have their own mother tongue, they now have audible Bibles that are solar solar powered, so they don't need to plug in anywhere, and wow. they hear the Bible read in their mother tongue. They actually send missionaries out to do the translations. So there are no limits to getting no. information to you. Absolutely no limits. It's wonderful. It is. Yes. So where can, if people want to connect with you, where do they connect? I mean, well, outside of I, the website, but. You, I think my email address is on the website. Um, okay. it, I mean, generally, I prefer emails to, to telephone calls. You may have realized that. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, a lover of the telephone. I prefer emails and I feel I can think about what I'm, what I'm saying. <laughs> so what are you working on now? I'm working on a trilogy for teenagers. And I've just finished the second one. Um, it's about a, it starts with a 12 year old called Rachel Spring and um, is basically her experience of growing up and seeing all the problems in the world and wondering what she can do about them. So it's a book in which I offer hope for the future to the next generation and I, I wrote it because my my goddaughter when she was 14 said to me I have nothing to look forward to my generation will be cleaning up the mess and I thought my god you know 14 so I decided to write a trilogy uh, so the first one is out and the second one is is just on the way to the printers and then I have to write the third ah. one, which would be the most difficult. So that's what Why I'm working on. Why is the third so much more difficult? Because I have to save the world. <laughs> the third oh. one. <laughs> I have to save the entire world. I don't know how you're going to do that. <laughs> you know, I have to show how they can do it. Her generation. There, there is one of the authors I've I've been in touch with. I haven't actually done his interview yet. Communities in Canada, which which are uh, designed to save the world. It's going to be the place that people go to survive what happens on Earth. And, and yeah, he has, Canada has government. Canada. Canada. North, North, you would you would hate it. It's extreme North Canada. Yes, I would hate it. <laughs> but it's he's 
<laughs> you don't want to go to the Arctic, knowing you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, no, it's be far too cold. But I have been uh, exploring Earth ships. Now, I don't know if you've heard of Earth ships. I've, I, this summer, I spent studying and writing about how to build an Earth ship. And this is an amazing step forward. Uh, and the, the person who, who created the Earth ship is called Michael Reynolds. He's written three volumes, How to Build an Earth Ship. And it's, it's anybody can do it. It's, it's free. Uh, they're basically built of, of old tires that are filled with earth. So you build the walls. Uh, I mean, it's just incredible. And then it, it captures its own water from rain. It has a, a channel on top which drains into uh, a water container. Uh, it recycles its own um, sewerage. It, it grows its own food. I mean, it is amazing. I do encourage you and anybody else to look into Earthships. I would love to live in one. And they make the internal walls of recycled um, glass bottles and cans. Mm -hmm. Really worth exploring. That's... It's so like... taking our trash, yes. taking our trash from, from tires and old bottles, and using that as the insulating materials. Yes. And That's and they've got a lot of them. I'd like to. Arizona. Mm -hmm. Whole communities of Earthship. In Arizona. Yes. Really? Wow. Yes. I would like to put you in touch with Dan Davison. Uh, Dan Davison is the man I just referenced. He is the one doing the Canadian, uh, you know, Save the Planet. And uh, perhaps you could exchange some notes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sounds I'm, very interesting. Yes, I'm just writing down his name, Dave Davidson. It's D A V I. Yeah, Davidson. Davidson. Or Dave Davison or Davidson. Yep, Davison. Okay. And it's uh, he does regular work in this, and he's looking. Canada gives grants for this kind of work, so right. he's actively doing grant proposals and that sort of thing to further the cause. But you might be able to support one another's work. Yes. So yes. Marilyn, I want to yeah yeah I want to thank you, thank you very much for uh, you know sharing your work you know your work on with Vivian and and also the. Uh, Meditation triangles, which I find fascinating that you were they were so powerful for you. Um, yeah, for our audience, let's remind them that we've been speaking with Marilyn Barry, who's in Spain at the moment, but it's about her company innerwayonline.com. And specifically her book Viva. Uh, which is her personal communications over 11 years through meditation. Uh, with psychosynthesis Vivian King, who passed away in 2000. And also, uh, the books are available on Amazon and through Innerway Online. And you have a new book coming that has just come out. What is the title of the first book in the trilogy? The Rachel first Spring, book, in, the yes, it's Rachel Spring and the Procl Proclamation. And the new one, which is 
it won't be out until next year because it's going to the printers at the moment, is Rachel Spring and the Grail. Oh, and the Grail, okay. And the and Grail, yes, very, very fascinating. I did a lot of research on both books, huge amount of research. That, that sounds fascinating. I can't wait until they're in my hand. <laughs> well. So thank you so much. For you're welcome. Thank you, Susan. Thank it's you nice for sharing to again. It is wonderful to reconnect. That We're going to bring this in for a landing now. Um, and uh, I want to say goodbye to everybody. Bye to you. And blessings on everyone's day. So thank you. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shereko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, sharing the journeys of those affected by sudden and great loss and what they did to heal, rebuild, and where they are now.